This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, welcome to Remarkable Results Radio. Carm Capriato, the automotive aftermarket's premier podcaster for eight years now. You know, the majority of our podcasts are available on my YouTube channel, Carm Capriato. Please subscribe. Love to have you come by because I would say 80, 90% of everything that we do in audio is available on video. And yeah, you can see a picture of the person on your podcast player, but it's really nice to watch us in action on the video. Welcome, Tom Ciortino. Hi, Tom. Hey, great to be here, Kyle. Hey, thanks for coming back. You've been on a couple of times, and I sure appreciate your wisdom. We are friends. Tom has a shop in our Buffalo, Western New York community. Total Automotive, Tonawanda, New York, is in the uh, IPASS group, the Independent Professional Auto Service Group here in Buffalo. He's on the college board with me at Erie Community College. So we do a lot of things, and recently Tom came up to me. Carm, I finally hired a coach. Oh, and he started to like slobber me up one side and then the other because everything you've been saying. And I said, "Good, you got to come on the podcast and tell the world about it. And so he's here as, if you will, a shop owner that has recently hired a business coach. So here's what we're going to do. A team was we're going to decide to try to dispel the five excuses not to hire a business coach. And Tom, I think, can have fun with this with me. And I wrote a blog a little bit ago, maybe earlier this year, and I came up with these five excuses. Number one, it's too expensive. I can't afford it. Number two, I don't need a business coach because I can do it myself. Number three, I'm too busy and I don't have time to work with a coach. Number four, I'm afraid of what my peers will think if they find out hired a business coach. And number five, I'm clueless. I have no idea how to start. So, Mr. Tom, I saw him at a meeting. He says, my numbers are here and this is happening over there and I'm working. And so to see you energized, to see you so excited. And I guess to have a, an idea where your business could be headed with all these great new things you're doing. You know, I've used every one of those excuses over the 37 years I've been in business. I should have done it 25 years ago, but coaching wasn't what it is right now. And it's a lot different now. So... I took a fresh look at it and, and it was for me this time. So you got over the it's too expensive thing. And that's it. When you're in business and you're tied up with being in the shop, managing the employees, managing everything that's going on, you're trying to pay the bills, trying to feed your family. You can't see the light of spending that kind of money up front for a business coach and not having the answer whether it was going to work. And like I said, coaching has changed. It's a whole different perspective. The first time I looked at it, which was probably 15, 20 years ago, they wanted you to sign a contract long-term. They wanted you a commitment from you long-term. Now it's more of a month-to-month commitment. Let's review it every month. Let's make sure it's for you. So you're not on the hook for a huge amount of money right up front. You've got to make the decision to get out of your own way and take a chance once in a while in your business. And that's that's the biggest thing. I agree with you. I don't think coaches today want a client that isn't happy. And if they don't show up for a conference or a meeting and they are just, they've got an attitude, but that client knows that they're barreled into a, a long-term payment, you're spot on as to where it's going. And it's got to be a good fit. The coach has to be somebody you're comfortable with, somebody you can work with. And my coach, John Waffler, he's just the fit I needed. I found a comfortable feeling the very first conversation I had. The other really cool thing, Tom, I don't know, I'll just explain this, that there's another individual in 
the Western New York area that Tom is pretty good friends with that has the same coaches in the same coaching company, same group, I believe, right? Yep. And that, I think, for you brought some comfort? Well, the funny part about that was, is I had done all my research. I took probably a year researching coaching companies. When I finally came to a decision, I knew John had a a coaching company that he had great success with, but I didn't know which one it was. So I called him and I said, hey, who do you have as your coaching company? And it was the same one. (laughs) So uh, we we were very comfortable. That creamed to the top of your list. Yeah, that's the one I had decided on. And he also had that company. My number two of, of five excuses is I don't need a business coach because I'm smart enough. I can do it myself. When I presented it to my staff, I said, I haven't had a boss in 37 years and now I have a boss. I haven't had to answer to anybody for a long time. And I, I went into business for that reason. But yeah, it's, it's nice to have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of and, and work with. Tom, I thought your wife, Ann, was your boss. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She definitely uh, <laughs> runs the office area. <laughs> Are you learning something new each and every month? You know what? I compared it to going to business management school and getting my MBA at uh, 60 years old because I'm learning more now than I ever knew. I was a self-taught business owner. I just watched people and learned from everybody as I went and taught myself how to run a business. There's nothing wrong with that if you're super out of the box, incredibly successful, but based on the stuff that's coming at us. Forget about the technology that's going on inside the vehicle. It's just apps and culture and customers and marketing, all the the tools that we have. And if we're not playing in that forward progress arena and we're not using our network and we're not using our coach who's got probably a longer visor on than you do, you're losing out. Young business owners that are coming in and new business owners, they don't have the luxury of taking all the time that I did to learn the business. They need to come in running. And the best way to do it is with a coach that from day number one, when you open your doors, can show you the correct path to success. I made a lot of mistakes over the years and, and learned from them. Nowadays, you make a few mistakes, you're going to be out of business. Dorman Products creates hundreds of new automotive replacement products every month. Part of what makes Dorman so unique? is their ideation of new and innovative products. They have dedicated teams all across the U.S., Mexico, and Canada looking for new product ideas. Since every solution starts with a problem, these teams of researchers, field analysts, product specialists, and contributors consistently visit repair shops and make field calls. Now, this is to best understand the problems the industry is facing. In certain cases, Dorman will manufacture aftermarket replacements so you aren't forced to go back to the OE. Other times, experts take it an additional step, further solving what made the original part problematic in the first place. Solving for a problem is what powers the innovation engine at Dorman. Dorman Products has become an incredible engine for innovation. They are constantly bringing new replacement parts to the automotive industry, and they routinely release tens of thousands of parts across all different categories. Now, why did they do all of this? to enable technicians the freedom to fix their customers' cars and trucks. To do this, Dorman has dedicated teams focused on different aspects of the vehicle to ensure that they are meeting the needs of the aftermarket. Although a lot of their parts are reverse engineering of original equipment, they also redesign and redefine solutions such as their loaded knuckles or programmable electronic power steering rack. Dorman has invested in these OE Fix innovations to help you save time, your customer money, and prevent vehicles from coming back to your shop. In certain cases, Dorman will manufacture aftermarket replacements so you aren't forced to go back to the OE. Hey, want to know more about Dorman? 
Visit dormanproducts.com forward slash tour. You know, I don't want to call your 37 years of hard knocks learning being stubborn, but for, let's say, for 28 to 29 years of that, the coaching industry wasn't as solid as it is today, isn't as good as it is today. So there really wasn't a lot of resources to go to. There are a few, but not a lot, not as abundant as we are today. So there's nothing wrong with where you are because you finally said, hey, look, I need to do this. So many young people, Tom, that I continue to talk to, hear from, have on the show, aren't waiting around. I mean, I believe they've done the research and it says, hey, I don't know what I don't know, so I need to get some help. And I think our industry is going to be so much better for it in the future. Oh, absolutely. And the amount of wealth and knowledge that's out there with all the coaches, you know, no matter who you pick, the coaches are phenomenal. They've done all the research. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just go ahead and learn from them. And you're not going to like every idea they give you. We'll talk and, and I'll say, oh, that doesn't fit my business. And you pick and choose and you use the ones that are going to be a good fit for your business. And you got to make sure your staff's on board. That's one of the biggest things that I'm working with is, is bringing my staff along and showing them the light down the road. And is that a bigger challenge than you thought? No, actually it wasn't. Uh, we've already made some changes that they're pretty happy about. I'm closed on Saturdays now, first time in 37 years. When I announced it at the meeting a couple of weeks before Memorial Day that we were closing on Saturdays, um, that, you know, it was like a party atmosphere. So they were on board. It is so much fun at our monthly meetings. There's a, one of our shop owners, Jim Flushman, is also closed on Friday. And there's this constant little interesting friction that goes on between him and the other guys that are open six. And then Tom announces he's down to five. And so it's friendly friction and it's showing everyone else that Tom has some stones. You know what? You don't know what you don't know and you don't know if you don't try it. So when I presented it to my staff, I said, hey, the, the ball's in your court. If we can make this work and be productive in five days, I'm all on it. So they know that the changes we're making are for the future. And if they can still produce and increase on five days, well, then we're good with it. You made them whole on their payroll? You showed them away? Yeah, exactly. Actually, the way it worked out, they actually wound up with extra overtime throughout the week because they're working full shifts now instead of a six-hour shift. Ah, as you were managing your payroll, I see. Yep. It actually turned out in their favor as a pay increase. So DIY, probably not smart, unless you went to that college. So I'm going to go for a college course and, and take some extension courses or something. Business automotive, they don't teach you automotive business. Just what I wanted you to say. Thank you. Go to any local school and you, you will learn business. You will learn a little on financial statements, but not the way we do it. Exactly. Not the way we do it. And automotive is kind of a unique business, as we all know. There's hurdles we have to hop over all day long, and they don't teach you that in business school. So, you know, they'll give you the basics on how to run the numbers, but not how to run a business. I believe at one of our recent meetings, you got up and said, I hired a business coach. Didn't you do that? I did. And did anyone come up to me? My number four excuse was, I'm afraid of what my peers will think if they find out that I hired a business coach. And my thought was, did anyone come up to you and not necessarily say, now, why did you do that? Or, oh, Tom, mm, tell me, uh, tell me about it. People are curious today. People are curious. And you know what? The people that came up to me, ones that had coaches said, congratulations. And the ones that didn't have coaches, 
were kind of looking at me like, I thought you had a successful business. You didn't need any help. You've done pretty well. Why do you need a business coach? And I explained it. What's interesting is why do you need a business coach? Well, you've been in business for 37 years. My God, I mean, I should look up to you and you say, hey, great. I could probably teach you a bunch of great things. But there's a level of if you're not reading and you're not in a network group that is in a business network group, you are probably missing stuff along the way. Stuff is falling off of your bandwidth, if you will, of, of your uptake and things that you could literally implement. I'm just going to get personal for a minute here. I turned 60 this year and 60 was a big year for me. You've talked on your shows how you have your milestones throughout your lifetime. And I've heard you say that. Well, 60 was one for me. 50 and 40 and all those didn't really bother me. But 60 was like, I have to prepare for the next 10 years. Okay. 70. What am I going to be doing at 70? And that, so that's where I went with this whole thing. Why now was more of a right time for me. And I want to be able to leave the business in a condition to go forward beyond me. And as you know, Chris is my service writer manager, and I want to put the position, the business in the position where he can run it on his own without me being around every day. Hearing more and more of that, Tom, Yeah, I, I know a succession plan is important, but also the legacy of how hard you worked without being there, if it can continue, you're going to get those kinds of pearls of wisdom through the coaching experience that you have now. And I can't imagine how excited you are after every coaching call and you know every network. Where do you go to a networking group? You're going to come away with two yellow pads full of notes. Next month, middle of July, we go to my first one. So it's going to be an experience. I got the list of uh, preparation notes and I was a little overwhelmed with those, but uh, we'll work through it and figure it out. <laughs> There's the accountability piece right there. I love that. It's like, oh my God, I got homework. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so my fifth excuse was uh, I'm clueless about where to start, but you did kind of explain that you did the research and you kept uh, shortening your list. You got to feel comfortable with the coach that you you finally settle on. That's the biggest piece. And the overwhelm part is where do I start after that first phone call, after the first meeting and you get set up with them? You have 10 things, 20 things on your list. And where do I start? What's the priority of taking care of the items you need to fix that you didn't really know you had to fix? So that's the overwhelming part is becoming focused on what you need to fix first in a specific order. So many shop owners that I chat with, how did you end up with X as your coach? Well, I interviewed him, talked to him. He cared about interviewing me. He didn't want to take on a client that didn't feel had the right reasons and the right discipline. And we didn't have compatible personalities and would also ask the coaches, have you ever anybody fire each other? He says, yeah, it happens all the time when it just doesn't work out. Every relationship is not intended to be forever. Oh, absolutely. And it's no different than employee or anything else in your life. If it's not working, you got to fix it. And the coaching companies are well aware that they're not a good fit for everybody. And it goes both ways. If the business owner isn't comfortable, you know, he'll make the decision. If the coaching company feels that they're not going to be able to help you, they're going to let you know. So one of the things that I know that coaches can help is identify blind spots giving you a different objective perspective on things that are going on inside your business. And it seems to me that one of your blind spots was that six day a week thing. Yeah, that was definitely costing me money. I was taking full-time employees, my better techs, taking them off a, a Tuesday or a Thursday during the week and making them work a Saturday, a shorter shift. 
And Saturdays, we were limiting what we were doing as far as we didn't want any headaches at the end of the week. So we were doing oil changes, inspections, tires, our lowest profit margin jobs we were doing on Saturdays as a convenience only to our customers. So we were finding out that Saturdays were a non-profitable day for us. It was more of a convenience item. So we made the switch. And you always have those few customers that are Saturday regulars. And when we explained it to them, they understood. They're like, thanks. Have a good life. You know, enjoy your weekends now. So what are you doing on Saturdays? Are you working on the classic cars in the barn? We're figuring out, you know, I got a lot of property. So, I, you know, it takes a lot to maintain this place out here. You probably, what, live maybe eight miles from me, right? Yeah, just as they say, over the hill. Yeah, yeah, he lives over the hill. We, we live out in God's country and beautiful, beautiful piece of property. So when you spoke to your coach, how soon into this relationship did he say, or did you ask, listen, let's take a look at my top line and how we can grow sales and how we can be more productive with the cars that we have? The very first thing that he identified, he has never seen my shop. He's never been in my shop. He just knows what he knows from talking to me, looking at my website and looking at my numbers. The first thing he told me was to limit my schedule, slow down. And that was an unbelievable statement. Chris looked at me like I had three eyes on my head. He said, this is never going to work because we were used to going 100 miles an hour, fitting as many cars in as we could in a day. And we slowed our schedule down. As soon as we did that, within two weeks, our average ticket went up. All of our KPIs went up. And our schedule went from being three to five days out. We are now 16 days out on our schedule. Because you're taking less cars and the customers are okay with it? Yep. We've learned to manage the schedule. If it's an inspection or an oil change, something that can be put off for tire rotation, we stretch those appointments out. We leave some room for breakdowns, tow-ins, that type of stuff, grinding brakes, whatever. So we're still serving the needs of the customer in the emergency situation. But each technician is able to take more time on the cars not that we weren't checking them out completely, but checking them out, having the time to sell the job and having time to do the work that day. So rather than making another appointment and bringing that car back in. So that was huge. The second thing he told me was to limit the amount of waiters so that we didn't have that technician feeling rushed. He's got a waiter hanging up on the hook to get in. So we slowed down the waiters to just two a day now. And that made a huge difference. Less pressure on the service writers because they know they don't have customers sitting there waiting to get the estimates written. Was this anything that you ever dreamed or imagined you'd do? Or did it take your coach to tell you or to nudge you? I pay attention to trends in the industry. I'm always watching stuff, watching your show, watching other podcasts. And I knew it was a trend in the industry to limit waiters. I kind of shook my head like, how the heck can I ever do that? And now that I've done it, we designed it in such a way that we have two time slots. We have a nine o'clock and a two o'clock waiting appointment. And if you want to wait for your car, if that's 16 days from now, well, that's the time slot I have available for a waiting appointment. If we can certainly get you in sooner, a drop-off appointment if you'd like to drop the car off. So by using that type of script, customers will go, oh, yeah, no, no, that's no problem. I'll drop the car off. So We've been able to nicely trend our customers more to drop off. So interesting. And your service advisor, Chris, was skeptical, but he's now totally bought in. He came up to me two weeks after we started. He goes, I didn't think this was going to work, but it's amazing. So he's all in. And, and we added a second service writer full time. He thought you were nuts, boss. <laughs> yep. Well, a lot of people have thought that over the years. <laughs> 
We did an episode with Tom back in March, Aftermarket Weekly episode 150, and we had a tour of his brand new ADAS equipment. How's it going? It's going good. We're taking calls on a regular basis now. I've trained two guys to do that, so they're cross-trained. Either one of them can do my ADAS uh, calibrations now. Shops are starting to find out it's a word's hitting the street, and we're getting some traction on it. So it's working out good. Actually, last night I attended a training session not to learn more about it, but just to network with shops that are actually interested in it. So making contact that way through other training. Well, it's interesting if someone goes to learn about ADAS and you say, oh, I got it, by the way. So if in the meantime, you could come to my place. Actually, the instructor used me as a, kind of a knowledge base in this room. So it's kind of nice. Hey, uh, thank you for sharing your inner soul as it comes to the decision that you made to get a coach at the young, ripe age of 60, figuring that, what do you got, another 10 good solid years and you just want to, I mean, you're probably going to end up with five stores someday, huh? Well, my wife will say I'll never retire, so <laughs> I got a lot more years in me. Yeah, yeah. My wife, Ann, and your wife, Anna, are so, so much alike. I know I get it. Hey, Tom, thanks for being here and telling us all about your uh, startup with a coach and, and how important it's been to you and, and how it's really affected your business. Tom Tino from Total Automotive in Tonawanda, New York. Thanks, Tom. Hey, thanks, Carl. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 